the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. Kevin Sylvester along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti, here on a Tuesday in May, and it's NBA time because we're going to talk about five free agents to be and the gazillions of dollars that they are going to rake in. And one of them... You may be underestimating with gazillions. Well, I mean... Is there a word bigger than gazillions, gabillions? We are on the heels of LeBron James and those four other guys who play with him on the Cavaliers sweeping the Toronto Raptors. I mean, it was... He... Dare I say this is his best postseason, Mike? Better than ever. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. The the age, the the wear and tear, nothing. This is Tom Brady, but in in a violent sport, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, in an, in a sport where he you know he should be breaking down and and everything should be declining a little bit, and the numbers are. It's almost like a U. They talked about it last night. If you watched the game, they, he started off with huge numbers in the postseason, then he sort of dipped in the middle of the, of his, his career, and now he's way back up. He's be- higher than ever in terms of production in the postseason. So. He's putting this thing on his shoulders, and it's a it's a contract year, and that always helps an athlete. Well, he's he's like the you know, to use uh, Kenny Rogers line of the gambler. Gambler, he knows when to hold yeah, them. That's right. Knows when to fold them. Yeah, you the know? clutch baskets were have uh, been amazing. From two him. buzzer beaters. Yeah. Yes, ridiculous. You yeah. go back to round one where you know Indiana was a they were tough, and it was a tough matchup for him. Games five and seven, he literally told his team. Get in the backpack yeah. here. I'm going to carry you. Yeah, and I and think I think you know all of us because we had the chance to see Michael Jordan play. I think we all uh, we're a little older have a, a kind of lean towards Michael Jordan as the greatest. But when LeBron does what he does, particularly with the buzzer beaters, that's what made Jordan what yeah. he is. When LeBron is doing it, your 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 grounds for the argument about whether Jordan's better or not are a little bit weaker. Um, I'll still take Jordan one. I'll take LeBron 1A. 1A, yes. Cop out. (laughs) All right, fine. LeBron's two. If I were picking right now all the time, I would take take Michael Jordan 1. It's a harder argument now, Mike, isn't it? It's an impossible argument. The only decision I make to factor in is Jordan's defense. To me, that's the only difference right now. Jordan was a tenacious defensive player in the backcourt which LeBron really can never do. He just can't do because of his size and his his lack of agility to be able to to stop guards like that. But I mean, he's just as he's just as deadly on the boards with with you know with rebounds, with blocks. I mean, he's he's got his element, but to me Jordan separates himself with that regard. Yeah. Jordan to me is the greatest ever. And then it's LeBron and I'll say Larry Bird third and then we'll let the arguments ensue. But speaking okay. of yeah. Bird, there, when it comes to the NBA here, part of the reason why yeah. these players are eligible to become free agents are bird rights, right? The Larry right. Bird uh, exceptions and rules. So That's if right. you can explain what that is. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, the one area where LeBron James will be separating himself from Michael Jordan <laughs> is with the contract because Jordan only made $93 million in his 16 seasons, and LeBron's pretty much going to do that in three years. So, uh, yeah, the, the discussion going forward here with contracts is – it's interesting because there's so many major players involved and who knows if they're going to group up and link up and, you know, pull another Miami stunt. Who knows sort of who's staying, who's going. That discussion seems to be sort of muted. An open, yeah, an yeah. open discussion right now. And I, and I think and we'll talk about it in a few minutes here. I think it's sort of evolving in front of our eyes as, as we get towards the off season here. But yeah, the, the situation with bird rights is extremely complicated, and it's something we've written about a bunch on Spot Track, and you know we'll be tweeting that stuff out this week to sort of go along with this discussion. But basically, it's a it's sort of a, a situation where 
you can't move players around the league, you know, team by team and sort of have them max out at max dollar for one year and then move again and move again. Basically what was happening is as free agency started to really take off, people were taking advantage of it and sort of getting maximum dollars without keeping teams intact. And it was bad for the game. It was, it was a really bad situation for basketball. Um, and really the goal is to keep players intact as much as possible, <laughs> you know, as much as our discussion forthcoming is, is going to negate that. But uh, the, the, the deal with bird rights is to sort of minimize the amount of money a player can make in one year versus two years versus four years versus five years. And we sort of laid that out in this piece we've uh, po- published at spottrack.com this week. Um, we've highlighted five players, five players you all know, uh, starting with LeBron, right down to Durant, Chris Paul, DeMarcus Cousins, and Paul George. They're pretty much the five elite players that will hit the market this offseason. And we've given pretty much every single scenario in terms of the rights, whether they deal with bird rights, early bird rights, non-bird rights. These are all the buzzwords that go with these contracts. Um, They've all got stipulations, but really, rather than define them specifically, it's easier just to show monetarily what each means, and we've done that in in a bulleted list here for each player. So we can kind of go through and discuss some of the the bullet points in terms of each player and what their decisions might be. But uh, really what I've done in terms of kind of putting this piece together is come to a logical assumption. Um, which is impossible, sort of like mocking up a draft. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? that's right, yeah. But, exactly. uh, but we've kind of come to where the money fits versus where you know they, they fit on a roster, whether it's their current or a new one. And uh, we've sort of laid out what we think may happen in terms of this offseason and going into the next year. So start with LeBron, and do, do those numbers and does figuring all the bird right stuff point you in a direction one way or the other about whether he'll stay in Cleveland or where he could go if he doesn't stay. So we've had, what, three, four discussions on this podcast about LeBron and all the different places we think he's going to go. And doing this article and watching this postseason has me completely backwards now. It has me thinking, there's no way he's leaving. There's no way. Because leaving financially might be a little bit better in the long term, right? It may Mm -hmm. be. It may be. It It isn't in terms of his rights. Um, Cleveland will always be able to give him the extra year. We'll always be able to give him a little bit more money because they own his current bird rights. Um, so he, if he does opt out and leave, that will reset. So he'll have to start over with a new team and go from there. And he's 33 going on 34 and all that stuff sort of comes into play. But here's, here's the deal. And here's something that just off the bat, which sounds silly because it's such a little amount of money, but here's the deal. We'll know what LeBron James is going to do based on this player option. The player option that he has on his current deal is $35.6 million, which is more than his maximum salary on a new contract next year will be. It's more. Mm-hmm. So he has no reason to opt out if he's staying with Cleveland. He's going to stay. So he's, financially, he's gonna, it makes more sense for yes. him to take the option and stay. He will opt in and stay with Cleveland and make 300000 more than he could have made elsewhere, which is Wait, peanuts. It's nothing. Okay. It's peanuts. I was going to say. But, but, but <laughs> Spends in, it at the mall. But in terms of the decision, what I'm saying is we're going to know what he's going to do based on this option. So if he if he opts out, there's a pretty good chance he's, he's leaving right off the bat. No so the indication what. to you is even though it's not definitive, if he opts out to you, that, sees, that says he's going, he's, he's gone. gone. He's gone. Because uh, he could opt out and stay with a new contract, but that why would you do that when you already have the, the parameters in place to get the same money and a little more? The, and the, the only uh, – here's my thinking. There's, there's sort of like a, a long-term effect with this. He's got the player option for, for a little bit more for next year. If he opts out, none of us think he's going to take a five-year deal or a four-year deal, right? right? None, none of us think so. I think that might come next offseason. Right, so so the way this is working is there's there's projected to be a little bit of a bump in the salary cap this coming year up to about 101 where we have it projected, but then 2019 to 
the 2019-20 season, people are saying 108 to 109 million. So just like the, the, in football, the greater the bump in the league cap, the, the greater the maximum contracts can go, right? The greater that minimum first salary goes. So for, for LeBron, and I'm going to say the same thing for, for Kevin Durant here in a bit, I think we're looking at another one-year deal, maybe with a, with a player option for, for 2019, another opt-out, and then maybe in each case, they both cash in on a maximum deal, on a five-year maximum contract to stay right where they are. I'm going to project that both do a – I think LeBron does an opt-in, then cashes in with a five-year deal to finish his career in Cleveland. That's what I think financially well, makes the most sense. I hope that happens. I think, frankly, I think a lot of people right? do. A lot I think, of, yeah, sure. Don't you think he does too? I would I think so. I mean, why so, would a guy right? age 34 want to go and, and uproot and have to start over and kind of put this thing together? And, you know, it, it seems it seems The only argument to that is— Because it took Miami a, couple, a year and a half to make it work. Right. The only argument know? to that is sometimes these guys get impatient and or they, they want another challenenge. And and uh, and that's what I wonder with a lot of but, these guys. But winning in Cleveland is not a say, challenge. I was going to say, what's a greater challenge <laughs> well, than taking a team? Yeah, on your but shoulders? but he's been there, done that. He's been there, done that. That's when I say another challenge. It's like, all right, I want to go. Do I prove to everybody that I can do it with another team? Uh, or I'm bored here. Uh, you know, I want to go somewhere else. I mean, there's a lot of emotional reasons why LeBron would stay where he is in Cleveland, and let's hope that he gives those consideration. But. I don't. I don't know that I'm sold that that's going to be what's going to make his decision. What's better for basketball? You could argue that him going to another market is better for basketball. Him going yeah. to the Lakers, you no, know, I'll to, say to no. resuscitate that that team would could be better. Well, I think there'll be enough interest for guys like Paul George to go to the Lakers. Yes, uh, Chris Paul maybe going back to L.A. Yes. instead of you know playing second fiddle to James Harden in Houston, even though it's working out this year. Um, I could see that happening. Um, I think what's better for basketball is to have LeBron James in Cleveland. In the East. And in, in the, the East. Eastern Conference. In the that West. is also correct. You've got uh, Giannis in Milwaukee. If you can keep stars in these smaller markets sure. to keep the focus on those smaller markets. I mean, there are, there are teams in other markets that are just like – did you watch Utah at all this year? Now, Utah is a good team. They made the second round of the playoffs, but – after Gordon Hayward left, it was like, boy, nobody wants to play. Utah's no good. Wait a second. Ricky Rubio's a star in Utah. They've got good players there. Uh, you look at a team like Minnesota. They've been down in the dumps forever. Uh, they made the playoffs this year. Memphis, right? Uh, playoff team two years ago. I think last year, too. Um, but terrible team this year. I, I think if I'm the NBA, I want the Stars to stay with their team. That's how we grew up. The Stars were, for the most part, always with their team. But it's not really their sports anymore. I, I know what you're saying, well, Kevin. But I here's long a chance for, that for Here's a chance for one of the greatest athletes of all time to make it that I way. I just don't know that the guys think that way. I, I would hope that they would. I would love that they he would. He went I don't, back. Right. He went back, which was remarkable, right? Wasn't that, I mean, that was a huge surprise that I, he went back. I think the only discussion, and we just talked about it, you know, the Jordan comparison, and whether he thinks about that or not is, irrelevant because it's going to be in his face every minute for the next 10 years whether yeah. he wants it or not the only the only real argument people make is the six championships right so the only discussion lebron should be having right now is how do i win more championships he goes there's, every year there's no easier path right now than through, being in the, east. the east right. there's yeah. no easier path if you go to the lakers you are starting from scratch and you are 10th in that division that, that conference right now yeah, that's a I good mean, point i mean there's no easy way Easier way to get to the Eastern Conference Finals or to the Conference Finals than right now where he is and just improve upon what you have. You know, the, the other part of it, too, is, uh, you know, he's already uh, a marketing, you know. Sure. Uh, oh, my everybody God. Wants so it doesn't him. matter where he so is. So it doesn't matter if he's in New York or L.A. 
right? I mean, because you think hey, if you want to stay in the East, the Knicks would be like a great, great pull to have LeBron James be a New York Nick, but LeBron doesn't need that. He's in Cleveland. He also right? probably knows how poorly run they are. And right. He's smart enough to not want to. They did just hire his favorite coach, though. They did just hire his favorite coach in David Fisdale. So there's probably some draw, but the team's just so bad. No Porzingis yeah. next year. It's to me that's a no brainer. No. Right. But uh, Philly's going to be Philly's a team to deal with. Philly's intriguing. Really intriguing, in my opinion, um, especially with Ben Simmons laying an egg in this postseason right yeah. now. I mean, if they had a piece like LeBron to, to at least be a role player on that team, it would be unbelievable. And to me, the only other option, and I've heard it a lot, and I've, I've wrote it about it in my piece, and it's in the West. To me, this is the only team in the West where this could come into play, and it's Houston. If Houston can make it work, and you've got a situation where LeBron and James Harden, maybe Paul, oh, I think Paul might walk. I agree with you. I think Paul mm. walks. But if you're putting Harden and LeBron and Clint Capella together, on a team that's already primed to win, defensively is already great, and we'll see how they do here up, up against Golden State in a few weeks. But to me, that's the only draw that makes sense for him in the West. Uh, see, I, I, I differ. I'll give you another team that might make sense, only because the owner will want to go after guys, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. I know, but I, they're, they're just as bad as the Knicks right I, now. I know they are, but if they get <laughs> LeBron and, and Paul George yeah. or – if they can get uh, Durant to come, you know Durant probably figured out. I looked at his paycheck. Man, look at how much money I'm paying in taxes here in California. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk right? about Durant's paycheck yeah. because this is actually a really interesting. I, mean, we didn't, I don't think enough people talked about what Durant did this year. So I, I broke it down in a, in a quick paragraph here, but it's worth discussing. He, he he was in a situation where LeBron's about to be in, where basically last year he had a chance to max out. He didn't. He had a chance to maintain some rights, his bird rights that we talked about. And take about $32 million. He didn't. Instead, he took $25 million. He took $6 million less than the, his minimum threshold sort of came in. And the reason he did that is and he was able, the, the Warriors were able to sign back uh, Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala late because he made this move. It was a complete team move. It, it was a huge cut for him in terms of what he should have taken. Um, and let me tell you why it's important. Because this year's salary, his player option, is a percentage of last year's salary. So the lower he went last year, it affected his ability to make money this year. Mm. So his maximum threshold this year is only $30 million, right? And if he stays and does a one-year player option deal with Golden State again, which I do think he'll do. So he's, he's $5 million less than where LeBron and Chris Paul and those guys can, can make because of how much less he took last year. So it's a, it was a classy move. It was arguably a dumb move for a player of his caliber. But, man, they... He did it to keep that camp together, and you know they're the to favorites win. to win again. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you think there's a point in Kevin Durant's career where he wants to be the man? Because he's never he's he's never been necessarily the man on the team that he's been. You know, we could argue the Harden and, and things like that, or, or Westbrook. Do you think that he says I want to be the guy on my team? Uh, maybe, but I think uh, I think the Carmelo Anthony's of the world should have squashed that by now because mm-hmm. I think that's that was his philosophy. Right straight through. I mean, from college straight through. That was that was the deal. I'm right. going to be the guy and feed me the ball, and we're going to win. They didn't win. So, to me, Durant is the man in Golden State. I mean, Steph Curry's limited with injuries. He's he's playing just fine. He's 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 the type of player that we all expect him to be. But I think Durant has got has garnered enough attention this year as a two way player. I mean, he's defensively become unbelievable out there. So, I I think just two three more years in that uniform with the wins, putting up the numbers that he's putting up. He's going to get enough recognition to be to stand himself out with the league, um, and I'm, like I said, s- similar situation with LeBron. I think he's going to take a one year deal to stay. Uh, he'll have a player option for 2019. He'll opt out, 
and then I think he's going to cash in. Clay Thompson falls off that roster in 2019. They're going to lose a couple other small pieces, so there's going to be some cap room. They're going to need to fill a piece. I think they're going to look at Durant at that point and say, you're our guy. You're our, our centerpiece for the rest of this run. And yeah. they're going to new arena him. coming for them too yeah. in San Francisco, yeah. which sort of raises yeah. the, everybody's the, getting the, out of Oakland. Yeah. yeah. Raises <laughs> the bar of what's going on. Hey, right. You've been there, right? I have. Okay. Um, fine people, just older city. That's coming from people based in Buffalo. Okay. <laughs> I'm calling Marshawn Lynch and telling him you said that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Marshawn Lynch, give that guy credit. He's invested back into his city yes, of Oakland. So, right. um, yeah, shame on me. If I listen, if I had Marshawn's money, I would invest back in Buffalo, Paul. But I don't. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is going to make some money too. Here's a guy who blew out his Achilles mm-hmm. uh, with the Pelicans. Although they were a different team without him, faster team. Boy, what a, what a story this is. Because yeah, he has lost some leverage here. Uh, he he was playing great, playing the best best ball of his career. You know, on a fresh team here, kind of got a fresh start, put him with Anthony Davis. Durant had more technicals than he did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Cousins, <laughs> he was really playing the role. He was really doing a nice job. And in a contract year, that you know, set to sort of max out here and go forward. But, yeah, this team looks good right now. They look they look younger and faster and sort of the, the new wave of NBA that has been, right? I mean, the, the center position is just a dying art. It yes. just is. I mean, you're seeing centers out in the three-point line right now. So, um, I don't think a max contract is in his future anymore. I don't. But I do think both sides would, would be, make sense to come together, though, with some sort of nice deal, $20, 25000000 million a year you know, for a few years and, and sort of keep him in the fold as what, whatever player they need him to be. You know, there's, Anthony Davis isn't going to stay healthy. Rajon Rondo's you know, a free agent who's coming back probably, but he's 35 years old. So you know, they're going to need players. They're going to need – it's a long season. So they're going to need you know, to sort of flex their – their situation similar to what they did this year. I think having a big man like that sort of lets you handle the long season and get you, get you ready for a postseason like this. That's sort of what LeBron does, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron sort of coasts a little bit. He sort of uses his role players a little more during the year, which is why they sort of went into the tank for a month and a half. But, you know, he was saving himself for this ridiculous playoff run as well. So to me, that's the new NBA. That's the way to go. Um, I don't see $35 million a year for Cousins, you know, uh, something he could garner. Um, I think it's going to be more in the twenty twenty five million range, but I think all signs point to him staying right there. It's incredible amounts of money. In the yeah, NBA, let's talk NBA. about this because I mean, let's say incredible. Let's say these five guys do get, let's just say thirty. Let's say these guys get at least thirty a year eventually, right? We're, we're talking about a situation where there are right now seven players. Let me, let me look at next year. Actually, I want to see where this is going because these extensions have been flying in. Uh, we have right now nine players who are making at least thirty million a year. We have. 22 players, 24 players making at least 25 million a year. And that's without this fresh free agent season coming up. So, and the names are ridiculous. I mean, some of these names, you know, I mean, Otto Porter Jr., 26 million a year, you know, I mean, just unbelievable that some of these guys are getting where they're getting. When you get down to the 15 million, you know, Mark, which is unbelievable money, you're talking about names you've probably never heard before. Honestly, never heard before. Um, so it, it's an unbelievable situation that the NBA's put themselves in with this global money and the TV dollars and things like that. Um, the, the players, the representatives have done a great job with these CBAs in terms of keeping everybody paid. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this a little in baseball next because the gap in baseball is just ridiculous. It's getting worse. It's getting, and, and the game is changing to a point where that's going to get worse. But basketball has done a really nice job of taking care of their middle class. They I really have. I have a project for you uh, in the future, and I'll just—I don't I'll, like homework. No, I'll—I'll <laughs> I'll hint at it here, 
so you have to do it. <laughs> okay. But it's only based upon a guard you had there that was in the $15 million range, and that's Reggie Jackson. Yeah. So I want you to find out what's the top grossing name oh, in professional sports history. <laughs> yeah, how many years did it take point guard Reggie Jackson to make Reggie Jackson baseball players money? Probably right? one. one. Probably one, yeah. but I'm just, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, maybe Ken Griffey's the most uh, grossing name so because of senior and senior. junior. Sure. But anyhow, there that's a homework assignment I for I hope you. it's not like John Smith or something. <laughs> yeah, that well, it might be. Frankly, it could just be... Uh, Jones, Jones or no, Smith or... It could know. be Giancarlo Stanton. I was going to say, right? isn't it just LeBron <laughs> yeah. James, end of conversation? Yeah, it very well yeah. could be. Or it's, uh, or it's like the great, uh, you know, uh, the trivia like Giancarlo's long lost brother who had one at bat. Yeah. He and Giancarlo are the highest paid. You Actually, know, we know tandem, it's not Giancarlo. Right? Like the DiMaggio's. We know it's not Giancarlo because he was Mike for half of this. So, so half, he that's, changed his name. So he throws, right. he's out of the equation. That's right. Let me throw your number, number eight, you quick. One last number to kind of parting shot with this NBA conversation. Let's say LeBron James does what I'm, what I'm projecting here, which is take his 35 million next year as a one year deal. Then he takes a five-year, $220 million max extension to, to finish it off, right? Mm-hmm. We are talking about a player who will have $490 million in career oh earnings on the court. I was just going to say as he approaching $500 court. million. Yep, yeah, but What has he done with it all? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he made $36 million on a pizza company. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, you know, I, 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 we may see him... Try to become an owner someday, you know? Maybe that will be his you next contract. You know part owner in, for the Liverpool Soccer Club, football did, club? Did not know I that. I didn't know that And either. he made $30 million in that investment already. Wow. Smart. He, you know what? Smart with his money. Good yep. for him. Right. Good for him. He's earned every penny. So has Max Scherzer as we uh, slide into baseball here. I didn't say that right. Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Yes. Yeah, say what you will You will about him. Uh, the, the reason we bring up Max Scherzer is he had another 15 strikeout game this weekend, and it's sort of... Uh, piqued my interest in terms of just where he sort of lays in the threshold of baseball right now because, look, it's a different game. It's it's quickly and feverishly becoming a very different game. Um, You know, give or take, whether it's better to watch, whether it's more fun to be at, whether it's more fun to play, I don't know. But we'll sort of talk about the, the the landscape of the change in a little bit here. But just let's just break down Scherzer real quickly because it's been sort of underrated in terms of what he's done and what Detroit gave up. So he, he gets a Cy Young with Detroit, right, on his arbitration salaries. He was making $10, $12 million a year, you know, doing well, living in, within the Detroit means in terms of the, the finances, right? <laughs> you can live well in Detroit on hundred grand. That's right. $10 million. <laughs> so, so he was already an elite pitcher leaving Detroit, right? And they let him walk, and they sent him to Washington where, you know, he's cashed in. He's making $30 million a year, which sounded ridiculous when he did it because he was 30 years old, which seems silly for a starting pitcher. Except it is now a strikeout league, and that's sort of where we're going to here. Mm-hmm. So his 15 strikeouts a game, or his 10 to 12 strikeouts a game back in Detroit are now 14 and 15, and it's regular. It's happening all the time. He led the league in strikeouts two years in a row. He's leading right now. He's, he's combining that with low ERAs and low whips and all the things you want to see that give you back-to-back Cy Youngs. But he's also in the National League where he's pitching to pitchers who aren't it, as part of hitters. It, it's got to be part of he it. He did win a Cy Young in Detroit. I know. I'm I mean, he, saying, but the so numbers he's have showing gone he can up. do it everywhere is what I'm saying. So yeah. so we take all this into effect when we're doing our value stats, and, and we we do this every single day. We import stats, and our value numbers sort of just kind of update accordingly, right, based on our formulas. Max Scherzer's a 75 value rating right now out of 100, which sounds you know nice and average, except with a $30 million salary. We, we, so we include salary into with stats. That's our, mm-hmm. how we get our value. 
So to have $30 million salary, it's almost impossible to be any sort of value. He's a, he's a 75% value right yeah. now. Which you have is to win every game and strike out 15 players he, every game to, be, uh, to approach your pay, right. and he is. Right. His production is off the charts. It's ridiculous. And really, the conversation isn't so much how great he is, but it's how the game has evolved to sort of mold his production, right? I mean, that's where we're going back here. around to him. And, and I find this very yes. interesting, and this is a big topic. I've been a lot of discussion, and, and, and a lot of it came because for the first time ever, there were more strikeouts than hits in the month of May, in month of April, which is amazing because for a good part of our lives, strikeouts were a negative. Guys who struck out a lot yeah. were, were a scarlet letter. They, you know, go back to the minors, figure out how to make contact. Uh, two outs, choke up on the bat, hit Once. the opposite. Yeah. Way, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is these are baseball idioms that have gone back a hundred years, but now they're they're irrelevant. Paul, they don't even teach kids how to bunt they anymore. Don't. They don't. They don't. Which is they a don't crime. even teach you how to make contact anymore. Which no. is crazy. And 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 this goes into the launch angle thing. And and this is all driven by the analytics, who said you're you're better off hitting a home run than than three hits and a sack fly. You know, and and it's it's an amazing change in a sport that you wouldn't think after all these years would have been there for a dramatic change. Uh, so you're saying nerds have ruined it with the analytics. <laughs> I'm saying they're part of it. <laughs> it's sort of twofold, right? Because yes, analytics have driven this, but also, I mean, marketing drove this. Marketing has sure. to. Everybody knows that '98 yeah. season. We're so love McGuire, the long ball. Sl- yes, right? I mean, look at that's all reality. I mean. You know, I mean, people, they, stadiums need seats and, and, and you know, butts and seats and, you know. But that was 18, ratings. that was 20 years ago. It was. So w- what has happened in the last two years to change this? Well, they figure out it home runs without taking steroids. That's that, part of it. That is exactly right. Part of it. That's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. And uh, and I think power pitching, which sometimes leads to more home runs when you can make contact, it's a, you know, you, they don't even scout you if you don't throw 94 you know, all these days. So is that part of it too? It's all a part of it. And it's sort of coming full circle in front of our eyes here. And, and really, you know, rather than sort of break down the, the stat part of it, which a lot of people have done, and it's sort of, you know, becoming the... The discussion with all, even while you're watching a game live now, I mean, you're hearing about this stuff. Where, where I'm, where I want to take this is what is what's going to happen with the money because of these changes? Because these are significant changes to, to the game and to the players in the game. Um, and really, what I've sort of ascertained here is that the John Carlos Stantons and you know the, the players, the Aaron Judges, who not yet ha- hasn't cashed in yet, but those players, while while maybe they're worth 50 home runs, aren't there going to be 15 players who hit 40 this year? Right? Aren't there going to be? Sure. Aren't there going to be four, twenty-five to thirty players with thirty? Thirty, right? Yeah. Right. So I mean, diminishing it's, it's, the value of it a little yeah, of bit. Of course. Which, yeah. mentioning Reggie Jackson, that yeah. used to be a high number. Forty, right? Oh, he was God. in the no, forty. Yeah. They led the league in with thirty. 30. One year, yeah, I, think 30. I remember twenty home runs led the league once. Yeah, it took the Griffies and those players to get to forty and yeah. make forty a real thing. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's any business, right? It's any business model with uh, supply and demand. If there's if there's a saturation of players who can hit thirty, then why would you pay for forty? You know, if, if 40 is going to cost you 25 million a year, you know, I'd rather get three guys, pay two 30, guys who right? can hit 30. Yeah. yeah. So I, I see that coming. I think we already saw it. I think we already saw it this past off season. I think that's a big factor of why a guy like JD Martinez took forever to sign. And I think it's very interesting that he signed where he signed after having done some research here, because I did some work on team home runs and team strikeouts and things like this to sort of prepare myself here. And Boston's just not buying into this. They're not buying into this. They are a city. They're, they're a stubborn city. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, just across the board. 
but they, you won't hear them talking launch angle in Boston. It's just not a thing. So for them to bring in JD Martinez, they're bringing him in because he hit 310 last year. They're bringing him in because he hit 45 doubles. They're bringing him in because he he was a a, a power need in a in a system that is built for doubles and strikeouts or, or uh, minimal strikeouts and steals and things like that. He was just a need based on the current roster. But that's a city right now that is not buying into the launch angle. And there are a few. And let me tell you something. There are five teams at the bottom of the list in terms of team strikeouts to go along with the conversation we just had about how there's been a ton of strikeouts. The five lowest team strikeouts, four of them are in first place right now. Hmm. Doesn't shock me. And, I'm, and I'm, that to me, that's the one thing for me to watch going for the next three months here is, is does that remain? You know, does, does hitting home runs and striking out just as much actually translate into long-term wins because I'm right as of right now it's not well the other, the other thing that I'm thinking of as you say this if it goes that way all right we want to get you know a roster full of guys are getting at least 20 home runs right uh well you know that to me is going to traditionally the 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 guys who hit home runs are not the best fielders just traditionally right and if teams are going to try to hit home runs anyways you're not going to need great fielders out there Right, you're gonna. You're Nobody's gonna need, hitting the ball on the right. ground anymore. Right. You, I mean, that's that's a that's a that is a negative. You right don't now. need uh, Steve Sachs and Omar Vizquel up the middle. You're gonna have Bobby Gritch and Cal Ripken up the middle. <laughs> I'm saying, like, you just want guys who are gonna swing for the fences, right. even if, playing er, the most important positions. If the goal is to hit the ball in the air every time, again, what's what's the benefit of having a great rangy shortstop? So. This is an actual, it's a great point. It's something I brought up here as, as one of my notes as well in terms of if this is all that the majority of hitters are going to be doing, getting up there, you know, angling 20 degrees at every swing and, and lifting this ball, how, how do you value these guys? If the ball doesn't go out, right, or if they're, if they're striking out 200 times and nobody cares, if they're hitting 40 home runs and nobody cares, and there's no other stats in between, how do you value these guys? Right? That's a great question. So, to me, the defensive side of the ball is going to have to come into play. Some of these guys have to play defense, right? I mean, it's going to be important in terms of, especially in the postseason when, you know, actual baseball sort of comes together a little bit. But uh, it, to me, it's going to be very interesting to see if this becomes a robotic situation where everybody's really doing this or if it sort of fizzles out, if it really doesn't work. Because, is like there, I said, is it, it, if it doesn't translate to wins, this is going to go out the door right. as quickly as it came in. Is there the potential that we've seen in other sports where certain positions fill up the bulk of the money? So your power hitters, your starting pitchers, and frankly, your bullpen guys, and then nobody else gets paid. All right, I saw- mean, is that is that where we're hit? Well, we, yes. Why would you pay a shortstop and a second baseman if they can only hit 15 home runs a year? What's the point? Yeah, you're going to be signing shortstops that can hit bombs. I mean, guys like Didi Gregorius. Unless there's is- 20 of them, that's unusual. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how far that goes because positionally, I mean, I've even stopped it when I evaluate baseball players in terms of next of next contract. I don't even use positions anymore. I just use batters or batters. Yeah, I don't care if you're a second baseman or a third baseman or an outfielder. A batter is a batter because the stats are so uniform. Now. Paul, it's gonna be at some point the shortstop like that's ah, a single. I'm not even diving for that. It could hurt my elbow. <laughs> the shortstop's gonna swing. play like a softball short center yes. fielder. Yes. Right? Exactly. I mean, what's right? I mean we've already got <laughs> we already got guys playing positions that don't that never existed before, you know, with shifts and things like that. Right. It's amazing. I'm going on a tangent here because of this point, by the way. They're shifting and you hit a ball to second base, but the shortstop makes the play and he throws you out at first. They're still calling that a ground out to the shortstop. I hate that. 
Oh, I hate that. I too. hate that because of the position. It's got to change. Uh, you hit it to second base. It should be where the ball is hit, E4. not who feels it's it. It's a G four. Yeah, yeah. You've gotta, they've got to change that. It's it's a huge gripe with me. Well, but it's who made the assist on the I don't out. Like it. I don't like it. Okay. Well, I I think it's okay. All right, let's uh, um, move on. There's so much good good news. Contract here, so. of the week time. Yes, contract of the week. Time now for the contract of the week. All right, contract of the week is Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. Which, by the way, they name it after a beer, Natty Ice. You know, Matty yeah. Ice down there in the south. And um, I don't think that's how he got the nickname, though. <laughs> no, it's that's, possible. I think it's High possible. School, he it's was possible. no. I'm not saying that's because he drank a lot of no. it. No, well, clearly he does not. If you look at him, ice water in his veins. Okay. Well, anyways, I, I drink. Forgive me for taking it down to a lower level, Paul. Uh, with that, all right, let's. Uh, and I think I think Natty Ice is about as low a level as you can get yeah. to. You said it, not me. But in a pinch, it'll do. All right, hundred million guaranteed. First, what eighty million dollar guaranteed player in football history, right? Yeah, this is the first. This is the first hundred million. This is exactly where it should be. By the way, there's is no surprise on our end. Um, this is what we've been saying all along here. It was just really a race of it wasn't going to be Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers first in, in terms of how this was going to break down this off season. Uh, it's a great deal. I, I have absolutely no gripes with this deal from Atlanta standpoint, from Matt Ryan standpoint. Uh, you know, the numbers are all where they should be. He's first in everything. I mean, in terms of he's first in everything except for signing bonus, and and really he. Did just fine there. He made forty six and a half million in terms of his bonus. So uh, everything else is right down the middle. Fifty two and a half in twenty eighteen, seventy four million through two years, and ninety four and a half million through three years. So pretty good money to throw a football around a couple times a day. What's it mean for Aaron Rodgers? It means a lot. Um, I've done a, I've done some work here in the past few days, sort of analyzing those two specifically together. And Rodgers is about five percent better in terms of production. But he's two years older. He's coming off a bad injury. His second injury. He's won a Super Bowl. He's he has won. Had yeah. the Falcons but run the football. I was going to say you can't really right. take that away from Matt Ryan. I, to me, he's got you know an what? asterisk football. No asterisk Hang Super on. Bowl win. I am going to take it away from him. <laughs> Here's my problem with his, for Aaron Rodgers can make a lot of money. Okay, go to go to SpotTrack.com to read this. L- listen, I have this problem. Matt Ryan's a smart guy, right? Few quarterbacks are dumb in the National Football League, and with all the games that he's played, with that great offense, they've got a lead, and they're throwing the football when all they do is run, run, and kick a field goal, and they're throwing the football. What? When is a quarterback ever going to call off his coach not. and audible to a running play because not. they need to work some clock? It's not. They're not. That's not how the league is built these days anymore. It is not. And combine that with the fact that really what the Falcons did in that situation was we're going to ride the horse that got us here, and that horse is now a $100 million horse. No. So who's going to who's going to say that we can't have Matt Ryan take us to where we need to go? You know something? <laughs> it was a long time ago, Kevin. I know it was a long time ago, and I'm not letting it go because of a square number that somebody had. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right? It's either beer or money. One of but the two. Pretty much. <laughs> and if I had more money, I could buy more beer. Um, no. I'm not going to give this up. When their last that, that last offensive possession before the Patriots went on the run, they could have iced it with the field goal, right? Uh, but they just kicked too quickly, left too much time on the clock. They threw the football, and they threw themselves. They took a sack too, right? Yes, yes that was the sack was the right. big play. Well, why the hell are you calling a passing play? Run the football. You were in when Julio Jones made that incredible catch. Made an incredible catch. 
that we could probably question now going back to every millisecond, but he made an incredible catch to put them in field goal territory. That called for a run, run, run. Because football kick. coaches generally outthink themselves. Right. Well, you know what? That's where the quarterback's got to say, well, you look at the time. That's Tom Brady over there. We just need to run. We need to run and kick and put this game on ice. But no, they got greedy and stupid, and they lost the Super Bowl in one of the biggest choke jobs in the history of the Super Bowl. It's not on. So to me, Matt Ryan's partially at fault for that, for not saying, you know what makes sense here? Running the football. What would Tom Brady do? Oh, what would Tom Brady do? He would have ran the football in that situation to take time off the clock. Dock him one percent of his of his new contract, well, so he, a million bucks, right? He, he did help Malcolm Butler get thirty million guaranteed. If that makes you feel yeah, better, yeah, no kidding. I have nothing more to say. The I Patriots think, didn't help him last year, that's for sure. I thought I thought I made a pretty good case there. You did. Let, let me and get, I'm really upset that you got no love for the Bobby Gritch uh, let reference. Me, let me give a quick parting shot here because I have to get I have a gripe of my own, and it's actually contract related. Um, what are the What are the New Orleans Saints doing? Does anybody know this answer? Well, because well, I thought when they gave up a first round pick to that, move up for a guy. So that's that part was one of this conversation. I don't understand that. That they gave up a, a first and other picks. Yes. for a defensive end. Fine. Pass rush. It's fine. But, pass rush. You got to win with pass rush. Fine. Uh, and now they've released Kobe Fleener. Yeah, I was a little surprised by yeah. that too. And this is a move that they although need. he's never been the player that no. people oh, thought no. he was going to be when he came out of Stanford as Andrew Luck's number one guy. Kobe Fleener was maybe the third guy added to my cap casualty list last November. I mean, this was this was coming. This this should have come, but this should have come in February. All right. I mean, he has guaranteed salary. He has three and a half, three point four million of guaranteed salary that kicked in in March, which means that they're taking on eight point two million in dead cap by doing this. So they done in February. They wouldn't. They'd be taking on three million. Yes, three point five million instead yes. of eight. So yeah, about five million actually. But okay. uh, he, uh, th- it makes no sense right now. Unless they thought they were going to address this better in the draft, and they wa- they needed to wait and see that, but they didn't. That I mean, they brought in Ben Ben Watson, who's thirty five years old, and he's you know making his second trip to, to New Orleans. So I, I don't have an answer for what the Saints are doing, and they they've they've been head scratchers for me for since two thousand eleven, since this salary cap came back in the form. And they've I've had, always I've had tended gripes to and gripes. They, they some, live on the edge. Yes. They don't have. Pl- it seems like they're not planning. They're not short term, long term planning. I think that's Breeze getting as much in as you is can he in the before way? he. Well, is Breeze in the well, way? The, to me, that's the point to make. Any here. great quarterback who makes that kind of money is always to some degree in the way. But I think it's like we better do this now before Drew walks away because he's getting to that point. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm looking at the business side of it, and I've got a ton of gripe with what the Saints have done over the years, and this is just two more examples of them, to me, torpedoing their cap. They're torpedoing their cap for the next year and a half. Well, let's hope Sean Payton doesn't have a dog that'll tweet at you. Okay, we are, <laughs> we're, we're out of time. We have more time, but we figured you've had enough. Uh, the listener here at SpotTrack.com. So for the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to SpotTrack.com podcast.